0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air, online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. We're joined today by the founder of the production company called TXL Films. It's a Los Angeles-based production company whose work has been seen by over a billion people. Some of the films that our guest has been responsible for include In Search of Fellini, a very highly regarded independent film starring Maria Bello and many, many other films. He's here today to talk to us about his latest project, and that is the groundbreaking feature film Nomad, which will be released this year, 2023, into theaters and VOD. So we're happy about that. Our guest today is Taryn Lexton Taryn welcome to film School radio hey Mike thanks for having me thank you for being here let's talk about this latest project called Nomad
1: yeah absolutely so uh basically it's a it's a film that kind of came out of a question that had occurred to me as I was traveling uh, as a young as a young guy uh and and essentially it was what if you had the power to go anywhere in the world in an instant? But what if you couldn't control it? So the, the movie is a story about a guy with uh, a condition where every 12 hours, he ends up somewhere else on the planet and he has no idea where he's going, no idea how to control it, and he can't stop it. So uh story sort of begins with him crossing paths with probably the least uh, well-traveled human in the world, who is a, played by the lovely Sanaa Shaikh, uh, our Australian ingenue, and uh, they're kind of they're kind of thrust to the ends of the earth and they have to survive the elements they have to survive each other and try to get her home so it's a very fun uh kind of you know romantic adventure that takes place against these amazing um, uh, backdrops that happen to all be completely real we decided to not to do this on green screen not do this with cgi but actually go to these places so we went to all seven continents we filmed in 30 countries we filmed it on IMAX and we decided to do a huge spectacle with a an indie heart and spirit so it's kind of an expedition style indie film
0: well that is very impressive and i'm sure that uh, whoever's financing this film probably their jaw drop when you said well i'm going <laughs> to all of these places and we make this film and uh wow that is so ambitious my goodness well in looking at your work it is not a surprise to me to hear you talking about you, the fact that you travel the world in making this film because uh, it's stunning footage of the of the work you've done in the past. And uh, how did, how long did it take you to actually do the uh,
1: the shoot? Oh man! So it was about principal photography was about nine months. It was back. We started in 2019, so you know, very naively setting out in 2019 to make kind of the ultimate travel movie not realizing we were about to uh, smack dead into the largest lockdown in human history. So our last week of shooting was March 2020. This sort of the news started coming up of of like, oh, they're shutting down borders. And, you know, our lead actor, Leo Woodall, is from UK. Our lead actress is from Sydney, Australia. And we're thinking, oh, gosh, we got to okay, we got to just postpone our last few weeks so that they can get home. Um, and we're like oh we'll just we'll regroup in a few weeks guys it's not gonna be a big deal you know three years later I just saw Leo for the first time again (laughs) and uh and and Sanaa to to record ADR so it was sort of um it was a wild experience you know shooting for that nine months was wild going to all seven continents and making it under the line you know just before they shut down the world we were the last boat back from Antarctica we were the last plane out of Argentina our Last day of shooting in was in Canada the day they shut down the border to the US, so it was. We felt a little bit like Indiana Jones, kind of grabbing our hat as the, <laughs> as the wall slammed shut. You know, it was uh, oh a god! It was wild. Well, yeah. there's got to be a
0: making of video for this, film, <laughs> right? I mean, it sounds yeah. like that's that is that's wow, what a wild adventure! Yeah, so yeah. that shutdown. What, how, how did that impact the production of Nomad? How did that sort of? I mean, other than the obvious ways, but
1: what what did it change anything thematically or the look or anything like that? Yeah, it's a great it's a great point. I mean, it's, it's funny because I wanted to make a film that captured the spirit of travel. I had traveled a lot when I was growing up. This was one of the formative experiences of my life. And so I wanted to make something that that captured um, this sort of affection, this deep sense of connection and affection that you have. the world and for people as you start to travel and experience different cultures and i wanted to try and encapsulate that into a film and it was for me sort of a a story about connection and about loneliness and about freedom when the lockdown hit all of those themes just cranked up a notch Um, i think the whole world has experienced a lot of isolation a lot of feeling you know, kind of trapped and, um, you know, loneliness, frankly. And that's really what the film is about, is about um, what does it mean to be alone? You know, you can be surrounded by friends and family and still be profoundly alone. And, or you could be at the ends of the earth and, uh, and have that same feeling. So it's sort of, it's, it's, it's the story of two Lonely people in wildly different circumstances who find each other and discover what it means to really connect.
0: Well, it's an interesting idea on a lot of levels, not the least of which is you can be alone in a crowd, which exactly. can be can have its detrimental kind of impact on you as your sense of self and all. But that's you exactly can also, right. but you can also be alone standing on the precipice of the most impressive scenes in that the earth has to offer you and feel
1: connected to everything about that exactly and that's something that you know it's part for me of the spirit of travel is what are people looking for you know we we, we all feel this sense it's a very primal sense i think to yeah. want to explore to want to go and see other places to to discover what's out there but oftentimes we don't know quite why and we're sort of mid-journey when we start to encounter that gap in our own understanding of our of our journey. And I love that. I think that mystery and that kind of that daring to dive into the unknown is part of what's fun about travel. And I think when people embrace that, they have the most interesting, exciting experiences. Yeah. So that's really also what the movie's about. And it was a lot of what the production was, us going into places that we could not control. I mean, we were a tiny movie. I'd love to say we were a $50 million studio production. We were not. We were a tiny little movie, eight crew, two actors going to some of the most extreme places in the world, obviously making sure we were safe, but really trying to go and find the edges expedition style of where had never been filmed before. You know, what were places that, you know, we had never seen in a movie and everyone from the actress to the crew were excited to to kind of push the edges and, and, and try and uh, explore. And uh, so it was dangerous. It was exciting, but it was also amazing and fulfilling for what we, what we got. We never could have expected uh, yeah. what we ended up filming. So, so how many of the places
0: that you visited, I mentioned, uh, was it seven continents and 50, what was the number?
1: Uh, it was 30 countries,
0: 30 countries, pardon me, 30 countries. Had you been in some manner of speaking to all of the locations or how many of these were completely new to you?
1: So for me, I think it was around 10 of the countries I had never been to, but for for me, this movie was, for for most of our crew, it was the first time for for all of the countries, but I had sort of written this movie almost as a, um, it was very personal, it was a very personal film and it was based on a lot of my own experience traveling around and the kind of culture shocks of not only traveling but then returning home um, and moving you know from one culture to the next one location to the next and just realizing this world is unbelievably diverse and it's spectacularly unexpected it's impossible to predict and I wanted to try and capture that so so uh, we kind of returned to some of my own uh, childhood stomping grounds Egypt India uh, Thailand, um, and then went to some completely new places, Antarctica. I had definitely never been there. Uh, we went to the Faroe Islands and the Arctic Circle, which is just one of the most beautiful places in the entire world. And it was fun. It was fun to see. It was fun to go back and have that nostalgic feeling, but also to see the 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 genuine discovery, the look of wonder on our, uh, our cast and crew's faces.
0: You know, I've not traveled extensively, but I've been Around the world, in some manner speaking, I've been to Australia and and to China and places like that. And I can not only is the experience of being there, being somewhere other than your what you're familiar with. It's you're right to identify when you come back home. There's something very disorienting about those first couple of days of coming back to traffic and noise and your the friends and all there's. It's just something. It's hard to explain until you've gone through it. And then, yeah, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking. No, no about. I mean,
1: it was. It always felt like everything was was the same, but completely different. Yeah, that's how I left it. You know, you it know, was, it's
0: funny. It's funny. Yeah. I felt like things that I was familiar with or surroundings. I had the sense of them in moving in slow motion for some reason. There was something mm. about it. Maybe it was just because I felt more attentive to that my surroundings when I came back than mm. when I was before that. Um, you're a bit of a, you know, you're lust, if you will. I can see where it comes from. You were born in South Africa. You were raised in the Los Angeles area. Um, is there something about where, where you were brought up and, or how you, just, what, what instilled you
1: with this kind of sense of wonder? And yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good question. I, I was born in South Africa and we moved to, uh, and all of, all of my families in South Africa had been for generations. And And when I was born, my parents decided, okay, let's move to LA and never come back. That was basically, you know, before I turned one, so my first words were spoken in America, and yet I had a South African passport for, you know, and all of my family was, so it was this strange sense as I was growing up that I didn't quite belong in Los Angeles. I wasn't quite an American, but when I returned back, I remember I was 10 years old, I felt like a foreigner. So I kind of had no real sense of of place of belonging and i remember that you know it, it was it was unsettling but it was also exciting for me i i kind of felt like it was a my, my job now to define that and discover that for myself and fortunately i was um i was kind of my mom uh, has a, a human rights foundation where she travels the world and teaches kids about human rights uh and i my first job out of film school was sort of following her around filming her so that was how I ended up traveling to my first probably 20 countries and we just did it in rapid fire succession you know we'd spent 3 days in Japan and then 4 days in China and then 2 days in India and Thailand and Africa and it was it was as a, as a young person being exposed to this I would you know never really been outside of Los Angeles it was like the world exploding into three dimensions it was like I had I had never realized what the world was and the more i found out the more excited i was to share that with people and that became my passion in life was how can i bring this world home to people and 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 help explode this 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 three-dimensional reality um out for people uh and help them discover the world remind our listeners we're speaking with the founder and director
0: of txl films and that would be teron lexton and the uh, film we're talking about is his latest feature called Nomad. We're talking about all the different places that the production took place. I also want to acknowledge that as the founder of a production company and the heavy lift that that can be. And uh, your the the uh, TXL has won a number of awards: twenty-five Tellies, fifteen Auroras, six Hermes, Hermes, Hermes. Am no, I saying Hermes. that right? a number of awards the gold hugo award for the at the chicago television film festival and many many others so and also your work with the united nations award for excellence for uh, for your work on human rights and uh, congratulations to your mom for her work as well
1: definitely i live in a, a long shadow always yeah that's and fantastic that's constant inspiration
0: Uh, You also uh, directed uh, a film called In Search of Fellini. And uh, tell us a little bit about that experience in terms of how that uh, helped you grow as a filmmaker. What was the experience like for you?
1: In Search of Fellini was uh, a film written and produced by Nancy Cartwright, who's the voice of Bart Simpson. She is just an amazing creative soul who approached me with this personal story. She wanted to tell a, a true story, actually, where she had gone to Italy as a young woman in search of Federico Fellini, the Italian filmmaker. And um, it was this sort of, you know, amazing adventure story, this romantic kind of thing. And um, obviously, I was like, of course, I would love to do this. Um, but but she said, obviously, we're not going to go to Italy. This is, you know, it was a tiny production. We're going to do it on you know green screen and sets and reset it in, in America. And I was like, whoa, 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 I'm only doing this. If we do this in Italy (laughs) and um, and and we fortunately had sort of a lot of experience as TXL doing expedition style, very kind of scrappy, independent filmmaking. So it didn't increase the cost at all. Uh, If anything, it brought it down. Um, But it meant that we could go to these real places. We could really go to Venice, really go to Rome, really go to, you know, to uh, Verona. And so we created this amazing film and, and we had amazing talent. We had Maria Bello, we had Casenia Solo, Marilyn Reisscobb, and their chemistry was just unbelievable. And it was a huge learning experience for me and really what it means to to tell a story in a collaborative fashion with with incredible artists. And uh, it, it wet my appetite for kind of capturing the world and weaving. The real world into these fictional stories and that mix that blend of fiction and reality was just so exciting for me i really loved being on the real streets of rome the real restaurant where federico fellini ate and sitting at his table uh and and knowing that and having the energy of that just infused through the actors and the scenes and it really made the experience uh, so much more heightened and i i think the final product is better for it so i think all of that transfers to the audience yeah, that's fantastic. Great story. Well, let's take a peek
0: behind the curtain here a little bit with Nomad. You sure. mentioned the challenges you faced in making the film, the dealing with the pandemic and all. Is what is more difficult? I've never asked the filmmaker this because you're you're such an important. You do so much on this film. You're a director, a producer, a writer. I'm sure you shot a lot of it as well, right? How does post production weigh in? in terms of especially a film of this scope so much so much to to kind of try to include in a film how do you go about that part of it what Mm. what's the what's the difference between pre-production shooting once you could that's what you want and then going through post-production how does that those two or three phases how do
1: they play out for you it's a great question i mean with this with this project in particular, it was really, really unique. We, we, we've done a lot of projects. We've done a lot of traditional narrative. We've done a lot of documentary. Mm-hmm. This is somewhere in between because what we wanted to do was go to real places and real situations. We filmed with real indigenous African tribes, for example. We wanted our actors, we wanted scenes to play out with real wild elephants, for example. These are things you can't control. Uh, So we had an idea of what we wanted and the preparation process was a lot of sort of putting us in the range of something that we wanted to explore and then priming my actors to kind of go in with uh, an intentional (laughs) direction, but really being open to adapting. So there was a lot of improvisation. There was a lot of also logistical improvisation. We're not sitting in a, in a in a warehouse in Los Angeles. We're going to the edges of the earth for real. So we had to deal with hurricanes. We had to deal with political unrest. We had to deal with, you know, the pandemic. These were logistical realities that are not normal to a film production. And we had to deal with all of it. And I think that was probably the biggest thing was was the adaptability that we had to have along the way. And kind of the, you know, the producers had to be very um, flexible let's say the actors had to be very the crew had to be we're shooting only with natural light we did not bring lights so every we were sort of at the mercy of the elements at all times so then in in post-production all that means is that it was a bit like documentary film editing a little bit more than just narrative filmmaking it was not paint by numbers it was very much half the material we got we never anticipated getting so there was a lot of sort of restructuring the film so that I could Use the amazing gems that we'd found along the way, and um, you know, and 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 I think the final film is this sort of cool blend, like I said, of fiction and reality. You never quite know where the edge is between is this is this one hundred percent real? Did the actors did they intend this, or are they just discovering this? Um, and I think that's part of the fun of it.
0: Wow, you know, uh, just as an aside, I have been talking with a lot of filmmakers over these few years that I've been doing this. And I'm finding more and more of them are talking about using cinematographers with a strong documentary background,
1: mm, especially absolutely. an
0: independent film.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You no, know, it really, I mean, documentary filmmakers are rugged individuals. You know, it takes a certain kind of courage, and a certain kind of kind of grit to be willing to do that. And also a documentary editor, you know, that's a high echelon to me of, of ability. And you've got to find the story yes. in post-production with, with documentary editing and also be truthful and not just invent the story. So it's sort of this, this very interesting exploration of authenticity. What does that mean? What is authenticity? And trying to transfer truth to the audience. And um, and definitely, I mean, we we have a lot of documentary experience and narrative experience. And this was like a, a total blend of those two. It was, a, it was an eclipse of those two worlds.
0: Well, one other thing that I have found in these conversations with the uh, with these filmmakers as well is that documentary filmmakers have one chance to get a shot. There could be something incredibly important to telling the story and they have to be ready all the time. And I think that translates into an indie production because you don't have a lot of money. You can't spend. You can't do a lot of takes. You have to get that shot.
1: That's right. That's right. The elephants are not going to come back and give you another take. That was it. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So I find that
0: interesting. Look, there's a lot, most documentary, I'm sorry, most cinematographers have a a blend of those different skill sets. But I'm finding just more and more talking about specifically about people with documentary filmmaking
1: background. Yeah, I mean, our our very first uh, day of shooting, our first shot of the film was uh a a total solar eclipse so it's it's a it's a moment in the middle of the film where the characters are having a conversation with with a total solar eclipse in the background and we filmed it for real so we actually timed it uh to 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 play out with the the 2019 you know the, the 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 total eclipse that occurred in in chile so we went down to chile uh, we, we, we lined this up. We got a, a 1500 millimeter lens. Uh, we found the exact spot, mathematically mapped it out. And I mean, the eclipse happens one time. There actually hasn't been a total solar eclipse, uh, in any civilized part of the world <laughs> since then. And there won't be, I think until next year, wow. but we had one take and we had, uh, uh, two minutes to, to, to get that shot. So that was wow. definitely the most intense, uh, moment of my life up to that moment. And that was our first day of shooting. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well well, congratulations on all of the work.
0: Congratulations on all of the awards that that you've won through with TXL and as a founder, as the director of this uh film Nomad, which you're now we're we're getting close to the point where it'll be seen um by film film-loving audiences. And um I hope you'll come back and we'll have an opportunity to kind of knock that bottle of champagne against the ship and see it see it off into the into the water so um, yeah, i appreciate it yeah i we with you all right thank you we've been talking with the uh, taran lexton he is the founder of txl films he's also a filmmaker whose whose work includes in search of fellini and the soon to be released groundbreaking feature film nomad thank you so much for your time thank you so much for uh, spending it with us here on film school
1: radio